Listener Production. You are listening to episode 203 of the Howie Games Part B featuring wrestling superstar Rhea Ripley. Do not forget, WWE comes to Australia, Perth, Saturday, Feb 24 with Elimination Chamber. You can catch it all live and exclusive on Binge. On we go. We'll get to all the success you've had. What was the toughest thing about packing up, going, and I'm sure you had failures along the way. A lot of this show, Rhea, I've really learnt that for everyone that's tremendously successful, they've had lows along the way, often big lows, and they've managed to grind through. What was it like for you? Like I've talked to countless soccer players, Rhea, that have moved to Europe and haven't been able to look after themselves and it's freezing at training and they're like, am I going to be good enough to do this? What was that like for you? I can see by the way you're shaking your head, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really tough. Um, being such a family-orientated ori- person, Moving to the other side of the world was horrible. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> Just sure. because I didn't have my mum, I didn't have my dad. The time zones are completely different. Training was so absolutely crazy. I was yeah. terrified. I was in a new place, different food. My body wasn't reacting well to the American food. Like everything that like could go wrong pretty much went wrong while everything was sort of going right at the same time. Um, it was a lot to process. It was a lot to deal with. Um, being homesick was probably the biggest thing for me. That and then after the first May Young Classic, because I was such a people pleaser at the time. Like WWE, the women's division that I grew up watching, they was fighting so hard for their opportunities and really struggling to get that TV time and be different and show that they can do what the men can do. So watching it, the only person that I could really look at was Beth, but at the same time, like, everyone sort of fitted a mould and I thought I had to fit that mould as well of being the petite, like, beautiful, um, flexible woman that WWE really looked at. But that's just, it's its not me. So I, I kept my hair long. I kept my hair blonde and I would hide behind it because I was very shy. Um, my gear was very minimal. And after the first May Young Classic, I still managed to do my entrance and headbang and show myself a little bit, like my personality. But I was very scared of getting tattoos, of showing people the music that I listen to, of, of being myself and being confident in my own skin. So I was really just trying to be like the girl next door, the beachy sort of Australian chick, the stereotype, you know? And it didn't really get me anywhere. So after the first May Young Classic, obviously we would have training every single day and it got to a point at work where I was on the chopping block a couple of times. Like I, I was very close to being fired and I know I'm not supposed to know those facts, but I know those facts because I made friends with a lot of people. But at the same time, like I was getting told that I wasn't good enough and I had to work harder and I didn't really know how I could work any harder because I was nonstop doing everything that they had asked and I was really, really trying my best and I was pretty much getting scolded 
every single day for like the tiniest little thing. And I didn't know why I was getting pinpointed by some people. I really didn't understand. I'm like, I'm just so young. I'm so far from home. I don't have my emotional support system here with me. And then getting picked on at work on top of all of that, it was a really, really difficult time for me. And I I was so close to just leaving and giving up and going back home and just calling it quits. And I'm like, I'll get a normal job. I'll just do wrestling on the side for fun. But I had to have those struggles to realize that I don't care what people think about me or what people say about me and I can do things my way. So I think it was like halfway through the year between the first May Young Classic and the second May Young Classic. It might have been three quarters through, to be completely honest. And I was just like so over it. I was so done. And I had to sit down and like talk to myself a little bit. And I'm like, just be yourself. Like stop worrying about what people think about you. If you show your true self and start feeling confident and expressing yourself in the way that you want, you might have a chance. It's different. You stand out as a person. You've always been the loud, bubbly person in a room. So be that person. Show that energy. Show that passion, that anger, anything. Just be you. So I changed my clothes. I cut my hair. So for people listening at this point, this is a massive part of Rhea's story and I think people will get a lot from it. So jump online, um, Google Rhea Ripley eight years ago and what Rhea's describing is beachy, blonde, small um, athlete. And now look at Rhea now, um, as tattoos, dark hair, um, black eyeshadow, black lipstick, um, just a f- ball of energy. Um, <laughs> before we get to that transformation, though, what I wanted to ask you, in your field, Ria, when they're saying and you're thinking you're going to get sacked, wh- what are you not doing? Is it that physically you're not doing what's required in the ring or what you're doing is not appealing to the audience as an entertainer so people aren't thinking, oh, I really need to watch this athlete show? Wh- where does it fit there, just so I can try and understand this in our audience? I think it was because I was so young and obviously I didn't know fully how to act. I was a little bit um, all over the place and I was just trying to make friends and fit in and I feel like I was working really hard at the Performance Centre and I was slowly getting better but I wasn't getting better as fast as they wanted me to but I also had so many things stacked against me. Um, they, they took me out of the women's class, so I didn't get to get that connection with any of the women. Um, I wasn't being put on TV at all, so I didn't have any experience in that except for the first May Young Classic. Um, I was in Scotty Two Hotties class with Raquel Rodriguez, and she was the only other girl. We were sort of like the outcasts of the women's division at the performance center, and we were in that class with all guys. Like we were the only two girls for us because we were two of the biggest women there. It helped us so much with 
the way that we move in the ring. And I feel like Scotty, he was like a father figure to us. Like he really did look after us and wanted us to feel comfortable. Every time that I would get scolded and um, thrown back in class, he would be like, you, you didn't deserve that. Like you're progressing, you're getting better and you're passionate about it. Um, so he saw what the people that were scolding me didn't see pretty gotcha. much. But, um, yeah, it was like a mixture of everything. And sometimes I just think that they just didn't like me as a person either. So, like, that didn't help. But I remember I had a, a practice match at a PC Live. We did, like, little shows for the other <laughs> um, wrestlers in the performance center. And I remember being on a PC Live against Tegan Knox. And um, I I didn't get the heads up beforehand, but she got the heads up beforehand by one of our friends. I won't say his name because I don't want him to get into trouble. But he's like, make sure you make Rhea look really good because her name is on the list. Okay. And it's getting close to that time. And so she did everything within her power to really help me and make me look amazing. And that's why I, I love Tegan. And she comes up a lot in my story because she's also the person that I was against in the Mae Young Classic 2 when she got injured and I had to move on to the next round. Yeah. Look at the power now of Ripley! Oh, oh the heartache of seeing Tegan Knox in this way! Cover by Ripley! Hook of the leg yes. now and a kick out of two by Tegan! Oh, I can't help but, but feel for Tegan Knox in this situation. She has helped me so much along my journey, somewhat on purpose and then also by accident. Um, but, yeah, without her... I, I wouldn't be here. I really wouldn't. So then in a movie, if, if there was a movie about your life, you'd, you'd walk into the bathroom as this blonde beach babe and then you'd, you know, we'd see a montage of scissors going chop, chop, chop and some, you know, hair dye. You'd walk out. Like, is that what happened? From what you're saying, this was not a transformation. This was the real you. But, but yeah. what did this real you how'd you do it and what did it do for you obviously a lot because you're sitting here now as the biggest star on the planet <laughs> yeah it definitely did a lot for me um i i started by cutting my hair i believe uh that was the first step i had always wondered what i looked like with short hair um but i used my hair as such a cloak to like hide myself when i was shy and um, one of the guys from the PC that I was talking to at that time, he was like, I think you would really suit short hair. And that was like some confirmation that I feel like I needed from someone. Yeah. So I, I obviously messaged because this was when you had to approve everything. Um, I messaged and I was like, hey, I really want to cut my hair. And they kept saying, no, no, no. And then um, the guy that I was messaging, Joe, he was like, look, if it's going to make you smile because I'm sick of seeing you down, then cut your hair. It's wow. okay. So I was like, sweet. So I cut it and obviously it gradually got shorter. It started like being a bit of a long bob yep. and then it went to a bob and then it went shorter and then I shaved the sides. But um, that was the first step. And then I also went to Joe and I was like, I want to get tattoos. And he's like, you can only get tattoos if you can hide them. So that's when I started wearing the long pants. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> we went into the second May Young Classic car wash, which is like, the picture day, we take all the, the pictures for the show, we do all the videos, all the vignettes. That's when we sort of like 
just get all the footage leading up to the show so they have something to show in between and get people to know who we are. And um, I remember rocking up to the car wash and I was in like all my new gear and I had a different persona. I was going to be me and I was going to be the harsh side of myself because I was so done with everyone at this point. And I was like, I need to let this out before it eats me alive. So this is where I'm going to get it out. And I remember the person that used to um, talk down to me a bit, walk past me and he's like, this is new. I was like, yep, this is the new me. He's like, oh, hopefully it works. Mm. And I was like, it will. Yeah, hopefully it works. It worked for me. It, well. it, it did. I had so much pent-up aggression. <laughs> it, all, it all came out and it seemed realistic because it was. But, yeah, I went into, like, the second Mayan Classic and I was this mean, confident version of myself that I really wanted to just let out. Like, I really wanted to let it out. I had a different song. This is what we're talking about when you're talking about determination and aggression. The walking embodiment of brutality. The eradicator. I came out mean mugging. I did my Mitch Lucker stomp, which is the stomp that I do in my entrance because Mitch Lucker, the old singer for Suicide Silence, he used to do that all the time on stage. And I love my bands. I love them. And that's where I got a lot of my inspiration for my looks from and a lot of my mannerisms. I just accidentally start doing them because I've watched so many music video clips of them uh, throughout my time growing up that I've just sort of picked up on it. Um, so I started doing all that. And like I said, the the Tegan match happened and unfortunately she got injured uh, she absolutely blew up her knee, like just horrifically, which I wish never happened. But at the same time, it was the start of the run of Rhea Ripley because then I got to move on to the next round, which was the semifinals, and I had my match against Io Shirai, a star from Japan that had come over. She barely spoke English. Um we had never seen each other work before, never talked before anything. And I wasn't supposed to be in the match. And this was when we would film everything yep. in a day. So this was my second or third match of the day. And um, we went out there and we absolutely killed it. What do these women have left, Renee? I have no idea. I can't believe that this is even still happening. These women are leaving everything in the ring right now. It's about making it to evolution. It's about an opportunity to win the Mae Young Classic, to say you're the best in the world. That is what this is all about. Absolutely, Cole. We're changing the landscape of women's wrestling. Shirai has Ripley where she wants her. We've seen this before, Cole. Top rope for all the marbles. I don't know. It was it was something about our connection that we had in that ring. She sold everything for me so over the top and I tried to do the same for her and we were just on the same page even though the English barrier was so strong. Like we couldn't talk out there. And I remember after the match was done, I went up onto the stage because I was the loser. She, she had her hand raised and Triple H came out and he gave me a handshake, gave me a hug and I was like, I'm on the right track. I should have done this from the start. I should have been myself. 
I should be confident in my own skin and confident within my, within my own looks and personality that I could make it and everything came down to that moment and I haven't looked back since. <laughs> back to Rhea shortly. Now, it'll be fair to say I didn't grow up with wrestling. My total exposure has been an audience Q&A with Hulk Hogan back in the day. Story for another day. So when the WWE got in touch last year and asked about the new day coming on the podcast, eh, my knowledge was pretty sketchy. It is episode 175 of the show. Three more positive, uplifting, entertaining athletes you could not meet. The new day, whether you like wrestling, whether you don't. But if you want to lift, you should tune in. Please tune in to Kofi Kingston, Big E and Xavier Woods, a.k.a. The New Day. Look at the three of us. There's no one that would have been able to predict when we were children, hey, you're going to meet two other guys and you're going to have some of the best years of your life living out your dreams, fulfilling so many goals that you didn't even know that you had. So like Kofi was saying earlier, you have all these goals of, I want to be a WWE superstar. I want to be champion. I want to do this. I want to do that. There's something that really, really hit me like in my soul when we got to do it. There was a point where we became the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. That wasn't on the list. No. But but in that moment, everything was so real that Really, it meant that we were doing something that was that was changing things. It was an influential thing. It was something that was inspiring. And so I would tell kids that whatever it is that you want to do, don't let someone tell you that you're not good enough to do it. Don't let them tell you that you can't gain the skills to do it. Don't let them tell you you're not creative enough to do it. Because as long as you believe you can, then you have a shot. But you have to push for it. You have to go forward to it. And don't let, don't let society steer you away from what you see as your path and your goal. Because if you can think it, you can, you can achieve it. I know as cliche as that sounds, but that's, it's real. That is the new day on episode 175 of the show. Let's get back to Rhea. So not looking back since, just give me, so now people can understand that are not into wrestling what your life is like now. Just give me uh, short answers to these questions. So how many shows do you currently do typically in a week? So we do three shows a week, but there has been times where it has been very different. So there was a time where I was on Raw, NXT and sometimes I'd show up on SmackDown. So that's all three TV products while also having the live events, which is Saturday and Sunday. Okay. So I would only really have the travel days and my one day off. So so the live shows, Saturday and Sunday, you're travelling all around the States to do this, yeah? Yep, and sometimes we go international too. And the big televised shows, like the big shows, how many people are coming to watch? As I said, you're coming to Perth, there, there could be 60,000 there. How many people are coming to watch the big shows? For the PLEs, I want to say, like up pay-per-view uh, premium live events, yep. um, there's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. Like uh, WrestleMania was, I believe it was like 90,000. Wow. Unstoppable as a champion ever since WrestleMania. Okay, so people are getting an understanding now. You've got three and a half million followers on Instagram. For you in in life now in the States, walking down the street in Florida, are you getting approached 
once a week, once a day, once a coffee? Like what is your fame and your success like now, the girl from Adelaide? It's definitely gotten a lot crazier within the last year. Uh, I will get noticed absolutely everywhere and I forget who I am sometimes. So I'm like, why is this person looking at me? Why are they talking about me over there? Like I can tell that they're talking about me. Why? Like is it something that I'm wearing? Do I have like toilet paper on my shoe? I don't know. Like (laughs) I I get real like self-conscious and they're like, oh, my God, are you Rhea Ripley? Or... It's gotten even bigger as well because of TikTok. TikTok is such a massive platform that I didn't realize was so big. Before I even had a TikTok, people would come up to me and they're like, oh my God, you're the girl from TikTok. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't have an account. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) But it happens a fair bit. It's nuts. And we've talked about the, um, the sporting part of your job. How have you developed the entertainment part of your job. Like I've been watching clips of you countlessly and you get out there and you've got the mic and it's like, I need to watch this athlete. She's like, do you, do you practice that stuff? Is part of the business practicing the showtime? performance center we would have promo class and it was always my least favorite part of training like I, I hated it I hated talking on the microphone I hated you're so good at it though so it's come with a lot of practice of being on tv okay um I feel like my time with the judgment day has really brought out a different side of me and a different confidence because I had those boys to fall back on when I did promos with them out in front of the crowd and even backstage. So I have them to fall back on if I get lost or start stumbling, they can help me and vice versa. So I had that backup system where now like every now and then I'll go out there and I'll I'll do my own promo, but I've already had that practice with the boys for a year. Yes. So it's all about just confidence and repetition. And I don't know, I I guess I just connect with the, the crowd in a different way these days where I'm not overthinking everything like I used to. I know my character, I know myself, and I know how I would react to certain things, so it makes it a lot easier. Like sometimes I don't even follow the the per se script, you know? Like I don't follow it. I just go out there and I go, dot points, sweet, I'll talk. And uh, it just, I don't know, it works for me now. I, I It took a lot of practice. <laughs> I was terrified of people before. And the injuries as part of your job, I, I, I haven't read about injuries for you. I know I had the New Day here um, on the show last year and they are great blokes but, they were, you know, broken necks and all sorts of stuff. Is yeah. How much of pain and injury is part of your job, especially when you're working on a Sunday, you're in a car or playing on a Monday, you're at the gym on the Tuesday, how much of, of that is part of your world now? Um, I mean, ev- like you're always going to have something that hurts. Like you're going to have a little niggle or a little strained muscle or something, but you get that from going to the gym too. Yeah, you do. I think the main 
problem that a lot of us have because when we're in the ring, we're trying to protect each other with the big things so nothing bad happens. Like, yes, every now and then something will slip up and someone gets injured, but our medical team is also really good and they get on the ball straight away sending us to get x-rays, MRIs, whatever we need um, and try and help us fix it. And we also have the performance center where they have like the whole recovery section set up in medical so you can go there and, and work on yourself and work on whatever it is. But I think the worst part is the travel. Yeah. Um, sitting on a plane after being in a match, sitting in the car after being in a match, like your hips start to seize up, your back starts to seize up a little bit. But it all depends on how you choose to do your recovery after as well. Yeah. So WWE is always trying to look after us in those facts. But yes, of course, like things do happen. Big things happen. Like I said, Tegan, her knee pretty much exploded, but it was from something so silly. But she did all the recovery. She got the surgery straight away, yep. um, worked on it, and now she's back back doing it, what she loves, you know? Like she's back on TV and she's kicking ass and I'm, I'm glad to see her back. And it's the same for all of us. Like we all work so hard to get healthy again so we can continue doing what we love and entertaining everyone that watches. You have detailed a journey full of ups and downs, but in the end, choosing to be yourself seems to of why you've had so much success. So I'm sure there's a lesson in there. But for all the youngsters out there listening, we have a lot of youngsters listen on the way to cricket training, soccer training, wrestling training, science class, whatever it may be. From your experience, Rhea, and the success you've had, what advice would you pass on to those youngsters listening now? You know what is best for you and you know what you're comfortable doing, you know your limitations or if you're limitless. You know exactly how you want things done. Listening to people won't get you as far as listening to your gut instinct and yourself. Be yourself, follow your own dreams, not someone else's, and you can accomplish anything with the right determination. That is a great answer. I should have started this podcast. We um, we often get messages on social media about um, people would like certain guests and I reckon in the last six months I would have had 350 different people message me on Insta or Twitter saying, can you please get Rhea Ripley on? Um, and I, I didn't know a great deal about what you did and I've obviously immersed myself in it for the last week. Um, yeah. You've lived up to everything I could have hoped you would be on this podcast. Um, you're a star and I love that you're out there having a crack and I think I'll be working when Perth's on, but I'm sure there'll be a massive turnout there. Congratulations on all your success and may a lot more come your way because you just seem like an absolute champion that's prepared to have a crack, Rhea. So thanks for joining me on the Howie Games. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much to Rhea Ripley. What a star. A lot of strength of character on display as she really had to forge her own path to become successful. A lot of lessons in that one. What a path it's been. She is a star. Until next time with Eric Banner. Eric Banner, I say. Peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try